Welcome to Family Matters with your host, Dr. Virginia Collin. In this program, we will explore some of the challenges families face and the solutions they create in today's world, where marriage, parenting, and family forms are not what they once were. Now, here is Dr. Virginia Collin. On Family Matters today, we will be talking about creating solutions to divorced parenting situations in the pro-child way developed by mindful thinker and author Ellen Kellner. I'll introduce Ellen in a moment, but first I want to mention that these ways of thinking about how to handle co-parenting also apply to parents who never married each other in the first place. If you share a child and you share in raising that child in two different households, you can use this material. It's really good. Um, Ellen Kellner uh, taps into the universal truths of nurturing love, and she offers workshops and one-on-one coaching sessions to guide divorcing or divorced parents into the pro-child approach. She developed this approach from her own personal journey into mindful divorced parenting. So, Ellen, welcome to the show. Well, hi, Virginia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to have you. And I think maybe since I've introduced you as a mindful thinker, we should explain what mindfulness is. Let me start off by telling you a story that that gets us to that place. That sounds good. One day, right after my first divorce, and I will tell people straight up that I have been divorced twice, two different um, exes with two different children. And so after my first divorce, um, I was facing what every parent faces, that, that moment of, oh my gosh, what do I do now? I'm in a completely new situation with my children, with my daughter. What is it that I do? So we are waiting for her father to come pick her up. She was two years old. My daughter was two years old at the time or not yet to, I should say, and her father was late, which happens, right? But in that divorce mind, in that newly divorced mind, immediately your mind goes to, oh my gosh, there's something that's going wrong, this is so typical of him, and that divorce chatter just screams in your head. Mindfulness is when... I looked at my daughter, my one-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and she's looking at me with her smile, with these innocent eyes, and I look at her and I take a breath and I think, you know what? All she wants to hear is that she is being taken care of and that she is loved and that everything's okay. That is mindfulness. Mindfulness is stepping out just for a second. Some people call it grace, where you just realize, ah, There's something else. I can focus on something else. And in that grace is where these solutions appear that were clouded out before because of that chatter in your head. So that is mindfulness. It's that stepping out. So it's that moment when I looked at my daughter and said, Dad must be stuck in traffic somewhere, and I bet he's just as worried about being late as we are sitting here waiting for him. And... You catch yourself saying something like that, and you think, oh, my gosh, where did that come from? <laughs> so lovely. <laughs> and, yeah. and my daughter smiled at me, and she went on, and that was it. It just all of a sudden, the focus went from 
reacting to my ex to a solution for my daughter. And that's how the pro-child way was born. And I've been continuing it now for, well, she's 20. So (laughs) for 18 years now, I've been guiding other people through this process of creating solutions. So I love that in your intro, how you say that parents, as guardians, we are creating solutions because that is exactly what we're doing in navigating through all these divorce parenting situations. It's how do I navigate through all of these in a way that nurtures my child's spirit. This might be a good place for me to mention that you have written a book. It's called The Pro-Child Way, Parenting with an Ex. And your book describes 46 divorced parenting scenarios that can be challenging and uses a problem-solution format. For each situation, you describe what I would label as an angry or selfish parental pattern and contrast it with the pro-child solution to the problem. So I wanted to be sure to tell people about your book. And you're right. When, um, when people pick up the book and they see how I con- contrast the typical way or the old way of dealing with a situation, like perhaps that pickup situation where I just mentioned it. Um, and I contrast that with this pro-child way, this way of nurturing your child through the solution. I usually get two different reactions. One is, oh my gosh, you are so spiteful in your head and there's no way does anybody ever think <laughs> like that. And I look at them and think, Clearly, you don't watch TV. (laughs) You don't stand in line in the checkout counter and see what the tabloids are saying, what is happening to today's children. You're not looking at the statistics of what is happening to today's children who are being raised in such a horrible environment of constant stress, fighting, and that nastiness that's in the head. I did not need to make up these stories of the typical way of dealing with Um, all of these divorce parenting situations, they're the commonplace, which is the sad part. So some people think, oh, this is so ridiculous. But I have had more people look at me and say, you're crazy if you think that I can turn my attention away from my ex and place it instead on my child. You have no idea who my ex is. And for those people, oh, doesn't your heart just break as well? You know, what, at what point did reacting to your ex really overweigh and overshadow what hopes and dreams you had for your child? That just like that moment that I had, that aha moment I had with my daughter, there was never a point in her young life when I thought, oh, I cannot wait to conceive a child, raise a child, and I want her to grow up in love and kindness and patience, but only if I'm married. If I get divorced, I don't want any of those things for my child anymore. I now want her to be filled with insecurities and for her to be scared and fearful. At what point, when you say it that way, people think, oh, well, of course not. Of course I don't want my child to grow up in those ways, but I'm here to remind people that nurturing your child is constant, and I remind people that they need to be grounded in the conviction that that is constant. 
Mm-hmm. And we all have situations that arise, whether you're in an intact relationship or you're not. We all have situations that we navigate through. How is it that we navigate through these situations while still nurturing our child in the process? Mm-hmm. Yes, I have certainly seen and heard some interactions that unfortunately do match the ugliness of the old scenarios you give in your book before describing the pro-child solution to the same problem. Yes, I I am sure. In your line of work, you hear it all the time. Um, Yeah. One of my best um, experiences very early on was going to a mediator um, that I went with my first ex-husband, and it was required by the courts that we go through that. And again, it, it's that same mindfulness process of what is it that we want to discuss? What is it, what's an issue that we want to work out? And then we mindfully <laughs> sat down and worked towards solutions. What I stress is that you can do that process on your own for 80% of your situations and that studies even show that you can control at least 80% of the situations just by your intent to do so, by switching in your mind from an adversarial process into a collaborative process that where you want to nurture your child. It is amazing the effect that you can have on your ex, even one who is not actively participating in this process with you. That's a really important point. That's worth emphasizing that a lot of a lot of parents who feel trapped in very tense relationships with their co-parent or you know, constant bickering or hostility, if just one of those parents commits to changing the way he or she approaches the interaction, you can do it on your own. You don't have to talk the other parent into helping to change it. Yes. I think that's one of the most important points you make. I have seen it. Many, many times, and every time a client goes through that, we both just smile in awe because it's almost like magic that you, when a, the parent really grounds down into what it is that they want for their child, and it's always based on these, what I call these nurturing principles of oh gosh, I'll ask someone, what is it that you really want for your child? This self-control, this patience, this love. One parent said, I want my child to realize their value, their individual value, but yet also be contributing member to a larger group. And I thought, that's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. So this um, visitation schedule that you're trying to work out, how do you hold that in your mind while you're trying to work out this visitation schedule, how do you put that into practice? And we go through these steps of trying to figure that out. And just by the one parent becoming very clear on how that looks, what some different scenarios could look like, the other parent just, I want to say magically, <laughs> magically <laughs> aligns. Because how could you not want to align with something where your child is going to be benefiting. Mm -hmm. 
it's it's a different it's a different way of talking. It's a different way of seeing things. It's a different way of coming alongside your um, the, the, your ex um, and approaching it in from a different way. It's no mm-hmm. longer approaching it in an adversarial way. Yeah. It would probably be oversimplifying to say that it takes two to make a fight, but it certainly is true that if one parent is trying to pay attention to what is best for the child and set aside everything about your ex that triggers your hostility, just set that aside, um, it can be done. You can do it. The one area that is often problematic is that initial, um, that that moment of exchange when the child goes from one car to the other car, or if it's a younger child, there's actually physically having to get the one child and put them in their car seat. And, you know, something just as simple as um, speaking through your child and say, bye, dad, you know, love you, dad, have a good day, dad all of a sudden that cuts off any anger that the other spouse might have been uh, waiting for you and wanting to spout out to you. But the second that you get into the voice of your child and say, you know, goodbye, Dad, love you, Dad, it completely shuts down that other spouse's positioning. And your child is waving, you're waving, and you are driving off. <laughs> you're not there to, <laughs> to get into it. But it's just that little bit of pre-thought where you had a plan. I have a plan. I know this is going to be difficult. I'm not going to get out of my car. I'm just going to roll down the window on the other side of the car. I'm going to let uh, my child's father put him or her into the car. And then I'm going to mouth these words. We're going to roll up the window. We're going to drive away. And it's amazing. It can happen. A mother Mm -hmm. can do that. A father can do that. And it just diffuses the whole situation, whereas before there was always tension. Yes. And yeah. boy, it feels so good to drive away and look in your view view mirror, and no matter what's going on inside your head, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. I'm asking people not to have that tape going inside their head. What I ask people to do is to use that mindfulness so that your child is hearing you say, bye, Dad. Okay. And um, go ahead. Oh, and just seeing that that smile and that look of relaxation on your child's face. Okay. In a little while, we'll be taking a break. And after that, we'll go into detail about the four-step pro-child way that you have developed for feeling through and thinking through what would be a good way to handle the problem in front of you right now. Before we go there, is there more that you wanted to say about fundamental nurturing principles or just basic good parenting, whether you're never married or you're married or you're divorcing or you're divorced, this is basic good parenting. This is what kids need. (sighs) Yes, it is. I always have uh, folks do an exercise. So those that are listening can absolutely do this, whether it's your grandchild, your own child, that you sit down and you write on this piece of paper, you know, what qualities is it that I want to nurture in my child? Um, I mentioned some of them, you know, maybe consideration. I want to nurture peace. I want my child to, to know that 
even if there's chaos around them, they have the resources within them to solve a situation that perhaps you want to show, demonstrate patience so that even though your child says that you want to start screaming, you can be patient. You can teach these skills to your child at a very young age. And so these are these nurturing principles of what is it that you really want your child to grow in. If you could sprinkle them on your child, what is it that you would sprinkle on them? Individuality, community, humbleness, knowledge, creativity, kindness. Um, these are these grounding principles. And once you focus on those, that's where these solutions start to emerge. So I encourage that to be always the starting point of thinking back before your child was conceived, before the divorce, before chaos started to erupt in your life. What is it that you really wanted for your child? I boil it down simply as a smile. That's absolutely what I want for my children is I want them to smile. And it is pretty amazing when is a young child when they draw pictures of mom and dad and they're still smiling. Isn't that what we really want? Just that confidence, that self-assuredness that they will be okay even in the midst of whatever else is going on. That's certainly what we want. We want happy, secure children. So that's the big question. Is it possible to nurture your child's spirit even through divorce parenting situations? Until you can ask that question and say with a resounding yes, it is possible, then you're still in this other space. Mm -hmm. And that other space does not look too good, honestly. (laughs) Because the alternative is, I will destroy my child through this divorce parenting situation. And so that does not work. So you have to find this other way. Yeah. The other thing that's true of that situation is that when you hang on to the hostility towards your ex, you're, you're not only making your child's life awful in many cases, you're also sort of poisoning yourself. I mean, it's just so bad for your own spirit to be hugging hostility. <laughs> it is. Now, I am a proponent and supporter of fake it till you make it. So, um, there, like I said before, there is nothing wrong with having two loops running in your head at the same time. You know, the, the good angel and the bad angel or the, the devil on the other shoulder. It is possible to hold both of these things in your head. Um, I'm not expecting anyone to become a saint. Um, I have not achieved this yet after years. It still happens. But it's to be able to be aware that both of these exist. Mm -hmm. And the more that you ah, fake it till you make it, (laughs) the more that it just naturally starts to happen. There's even scientific studies on this, on, you know, just the act of smiling will put you in a better mood. The same goes with the way that you're thinking about all these divorce parenting situations and how is it that you can tweak them so that you're breathing instead of clenching your teeth. All right. We're going to take a short break now, and when we come back, we will talk, be talking more specifically about the steps in the pro-child process for making decisions, and my guest is Ellen Kellner. You can find her online at www.anewdivorce.com. Come on back after the break. Streaming live, 
the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Most adults are able to make good decisions about how their families can move forward. They do not need to rely on courts to make such decisions, especially in cases of divorce. Far too many people suffer unnecessary anguish because they do not know what family mediators can do. We help people discuss problems constructively in a private, confidential setting. We help them stop fighting and stay out of court. To learn more about mediation and other family matters, visit ColinFamilyMediationGroup.com. Colin has one L and no S. Are you struggling with emotional, financial, and legal stress related to divorce? The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia by Virginia Collin and Rebecca Martin teaches how to handle these processes in any state with special attention to Virginia's laws. This book can help you take care of yourself, get free legal advice, develop a good co-parenting plan, keep expenses down, and arrange a do-it-yourself divorce. The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia is available from Amazon for just $4.99. No one can tell you how much money you'll have or when you'll see your children, right? Wrong. It happens every day in divorce court. Don't let it happen to you. When dealing with separation, divorce, co-parenting, or care of an elderly relative, there is a better way. Mediation. Save time, save money, and save your children. To learn more, visit the Academy of Professional Family Mediators at apfmnet.org. That's apfmnet.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Family Matters. To reach Dr. Virginia Collin or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radio show at collinfamilymediationgroup.com. Now, back to Family Matters. Welcome back to Family Matters. I'm your host, Virginia Collin, and I'm talking today with Ellen Kellner, author of The Pro-Child Way. Oops, I'm going to miss. <laughs> I'm sorry. The whole, na- the whole title of the book is Creating Solutions to Divorced Parenting Situations, The Pro-Child Way. I messed that up, didn't I? It, it's, it's the perfect. pro-child, pa- the pro-child, <laughs> the pro-child way, way. parenting, the yeah, pro-child right. way of parenting with an X. Okay. So during the break, Ellen and I were talking about the fact that this is an awesome way to approach raising your child with some exceptions. There are a few parents you just don't want to be co-parenting with anyhow. Um, So why don't you go ahead and describe that, Ellen? Right. So we were talking how we are not talking about an abusive ex. We are not talking about an abusive parent. Um, When abuse enters the picture, that is a completely different scenario. That is when you involve every authority that you can and you protect yourself, you protect your child. So we are not talking about the really small percentage of people where 
abuse is the main um, problem of the relationship. So perhaps your ex does not wake up in the morning and think, oh, today I want to buy a book on mindful divorce parenting. And perhaps your ex is not listening in on radio shows (laughs) on this topic. But I want to make sure that your ex is not waking up in the morning and saying, how is it that I can destroy my child's life today? So somewhere in the middle, (laughs) somewhere in the middle, there is this probably your typical ex-partner, this person that probably doesn't think about it at all, um, or at best they might think they're trying to do okay, but we are not talking about somebody who wakes up and thinks, how is it that I can destroy my child's life or be violent? Yeah. So this, And this in many cases, the, I think the people who are abusive don't wake up thinking, how can I be horrible to people today? That's just how they are. That's <laughs> just how they are. The, yeah. I use a term um, called a natural disaster X. So the natural disaster X, that clearly is not the abusive X, but it's just a, the natural disaster. So I think of... Um, Hurricanes. Uh, one is blowing. Um, has it hit, hit Hawaii yet? But one is blowing now. And just like a natural disaster X, you have some warning that this is going to be happening. You kind of get the the heads up that something is going to be happening. And how, what is it that you can do to prepare your child to sort of weather that storm? And I realize these are not, this is not the ideal or very pleasant to talk about, but we really do deal with exes that are not perfect, right? And Some of them aren't I even think, very nice people. Exactly. <laughs> but in many cases, the benefit of your child still experiencing some type of relationship with that parent still outweighs their natural disaster element. So you think about, you know, the people in Florida, the people in Hawaii, you know, what do they do ahead of time? They go to the home improvement store and they board up their houses, they run extra water, they get emergency preparedness kits together. So they they prepare. And mm-hmm. I think it's possible to prepare your child in that same way and give them tools so that they're able to sort of weather the storm and still have Mm -hmm. the benefit of living in Florida, living in Hawaii, but being able to weather the storm of whatever effects being with their other parent might have. And so I I do, on on the website, I do have an article about dealing with a natural disaster X and some things that you can do to sort of prepare your child, but most importantly, how you work with them when they come back with you, The, the listening, the validating, yes. I hear that you had a hard time, and I am sorry. That doesn't mean that you pile on, I told you so, I told you that's the way your dad is. It's just simply being present for your child and hearing what it is that he or she needs from you and giving mm-hmm. them the tools of, yes. of what it is that they need. So yeah. this is what <laughs> yeah, I, in, I do in not term- live in a... I was going to say, I do not live in a fantasy world. I have been divorced twice. I do understand that... It is not as simple as picking up a book and going to page 43 and saying, oh, this is how we're going to handle this situation, and then you skip down the walk. I know that this is very difficult work, um, and that is where this conviction comes in, this conviction that even in the divorce, I'm going to continue to nurture my child through all these situations. Yeah. 
And that conviction is powerful. And I have seen parents embrace it. And truly, it is amazing to see that power resonating from them and just filling their, their children's lives with these mm-hmm. incredible creative solutions to their problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Um, I did. Uh, rec- I recorded a program one time with Bill Eddy. I don't remember if it was December 2014 or January 2015, but he teaches some specific skills that you, as a healthy, normal parent, can teach to your child so that your child is well prepared for dealing with a parent who has moments of being nowhere close to healthy and normal. Yeah. <laughs> So you can check that show sometime if you want to. But for now, we're talking about the pro-child way. And I think I've said about three times that there are four steps to it. So maybe we should talk about what the steps are. Yes. So there are, in my book, I talk about 46 different specific situations. Those are 46 of a gazillion situations that are going to come up. Um, The only reason why I put my book together like I did was to get people to start thinking in this way of contrasting this typical way with a new way and and providing that sort of space of spark of solutions. So the first step, which is what every um, situation has, the first step is acknowledging what that old way or that typical way is of reacting to the divorce parenting situation. This is I will say my favorite step, and it's the step that I would say most people try to avoid. You know, the more they get practiced in these steps, I always have to remind them, go back to step one. Tell me what it is that you really want to do, you know, that really want to do with a sarcastic smile on your face. You know, think Hollywood. Think, if you were writing the screenplay of the nastiest scenario that you can imagine, what is it that you would do? Because the space of opening up what is it that you want to do does not happen until you allow yourself to think, what is it that I don't want to do? So step one is acknowledge the old way or that typical way of reacting to the divorce parenting situation and then recognize that you're not going to do that. Okay. And... And as you're recognizing that you're not going to do that, it's, well, I don't want to do that because if I did, my child would be sad. My child would be hurt. My child would be scared. My child would be afraid. So I'm not going to do that. It's starting to come out of that chatter in your head. What is it that you're not going to do? And... (laughs) I'm just like, I laugh because I can just imagine um, in your professional work, you must also be able to write a book on all of the typical (laughs) ways that you would be able to do something. You know, I've been divorced too. I can come up with those out of my own experience. Right. uh, Right. You know, even as I was saying, you know, when you roll down the window and say, goodbye, dad, love you, dad, I can just hear listeners saying, oh, yeah, I want to put the car in reverse and run over the guy. Yes, I can imagine imagine myself in a time when I might have been thinking, if he would just pay a reasonable amount of child support on time, 
our kids' lives would be so much better. (laughs) And then I have to not say that in front of the kids. That's right. That's right. But there's something so validating to yourself that you at least admit that. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it would be really better if I would throw the car in reverse or if he would pay more child support or, you know, that she would honor the schedule um, or that she would wash the clothes in between uh, visitations. You know, there's, there's a part of you that will relax when you start acknowledging that old way that you really want to do it. If you just keep forcing it away, if you keep forcing it away, it will have its say and it will have its say at, a, at the wrong moment when your child's present. Mm-hmm. So step number one, acknowledge the old way. Write it down. Very therapeutic to write it down. Step number two. Um, <laughs> I'll say that step number two is not do something else that's different. Step number two, very, very difficult. I'd say the most difficult step, and it's the step of I don't know. That... Most people want to go from, well, I'm not going to do this, so I'm going to do that. Step number two is the pause. Mm-hmm. It's that feeling of, I don't know. It's that surrender. It's that sigh out. It's that looking at your child and just thinking, I don't know what to do. It's a very, very vulnerable stage. And it can happen in a split second or it could happen over days. Um, when it happens over days, it is a terrifying place to be in, that feeling of I don't know what to do. But it, in allowing that pause, you allow this calming sensation of not knowing to surround you, and your heart starts opening to these, these heart-centered possibilities that emerge from those nurturing principles. So that's when you look back at that piece of paper that you wrote where you wrote down all of these nurturing principles, all these items that you really want for your child. And you think, all right, if I really throw the car into reverse, my child is not going to feel loved and secure and nurture and safe in that environment because I'll be demonstrating violence (laughs) and my child's not going to feel safe. I don't know what it is I'm going to do, but I'm not going to do that. And I don't know what I want to do, but I want my child to feel safe. I want my child to feel secure. Mm -hmm. So the second step is this pause step. And you say, I will stay calm knowing that my child is worth it for me to take the time to get this right. Mm -hmm. And I know that when you're standing in front of your ex and your ex is glaring at you, it's very, very difficult to not react right back to your ex. But looking silly in front of your ex is worth it when it means that you're actually considering your child in that moment. Mm-hmm. because it no longer, another part of, um, of what happens when you get divorced is that you now, um, are this, you now are focused on your child and you are in this place where you can create new opportunities and new situations. You can create this new reality for your child. And what I ask some people is when you were back in that divorce pre-divorce situation where there was the anger perhaps in the household where there was fighting, when you were sitting in that space in your living room 
and you thought, boy, I can't wait till I get divorced. I can't wait. Would you have imagined six months later, one year later, sometimes five years later, that you would have brought all of that anger with you into this current moment? Mm-hmm. And if you would have sat in your living room and thought, oh my gosh, nothing changed except mm-hmm. that we're now doing it in the space of outside of our living room. Mm-hmm. Now, was that really what you envisioned for yourself? So it's this pro- in that pause step, it's really envisioning that future that you want. Mm-hmm. It occurs to me that this pause, this time when your ex is glaring at you and you don't know what to do because he or she was late again, so inconsiderate of the important things you have scheduled in your life. If you can just say, this is a problem, I don't know what to do about it. But you say that not in a hostile accusatory way, just in, you know, I really don't know what to do about it. That almost yeah. invites your your former partner to become part of the thinking about what the two of you might do about it. That's right. If you are in a situation where it's safe to express yourself in any way, you know, with with your ex, it's that it's almost like you're taking a step towards Right, mm-hmm. as opposed to throwing your hands up and taking a step back, you're you're taking that step forward. I don't know, and boy, I know it's very difficult to be in that space of vulnerability in front of somebody that really has hurt you or that you've been yeah. in hurtful situations with. Yeah. But hopefully, most of the time, you are doing this pause of I don't know in the the safety of your own home. Okay, we have a very short time left before break. Let's speed through steps three and four, and then after break, we'll go through a bunch of examples and use these steps. Step three. Um, Step three is, uh, I just say with the energy of sparked inspiration, you perceive the vision. Something happens in the space of acknowledging what it is that you don't want to do and clearing that out and then feeling this pause of I don't know that this third step is just this sparked inspiration where you think, huh, I hadn't thought about that before. I think I will turn on the radio and see if there's a traffic jam. And I'll tell my child, oh, let's listen to the radio report. I bet dad is stuck in a traffic jam. I hadn't thought about that before. Or perhaps the sparked inspiration is, again, it usually involves looking at your child and smiling because that, that somehow grounds you back into what is real and important to you. You're looking at them and saying, you know, let's play a game while we wait. Something mm-hmm. that is a solution. Mm-hmm. And then this fourth step is combining this open-heartedness with a conviction. And it's difficult to navigate a conviction with open-heartedness. But, you know, you have your mama bear, your papa bear hat on. You know, there's conviction. There is, this is non-negotiable in some ways. You know, you know your ex might, be, might pull up and jump out of the car and be all angry, but in your house, in your space, you can continue to smile. You can continue to say, hi, Dad, we've been waiting for you, but it's okay because we know that you probably were held up too, even though 
that little voice in your head is probably saying, yeah, I probably held up at the bar, you know, or whatever it is. <laughs> but, but you don't need to say that because it's with your conviction and this open-heartedness that you create your child's experience. Okay. So this new solution is this experience that you'll create for your child and you create it within your home, you create it, and that this is the way it will be with your ex. So it's these four steps of acknowledging the old way, recognizing that you don't know what to do, grounding into those nurturing principles, and then the spark of inspired um, ideas where you can perceive the vision, you can perceive that things are going to work out, you can see your child growing in confidence and patience and security and love. And then this fourth step is, boy, you figure out what to do. You figure out how to do it. And we are quite brilliant um, at predicting the way our exes will respond. You know, you know okay, we're, we're perfect let's at it, come, right? Ellen, Ellen, let's come back and talk about that a little more after the break. Perfect. Perfect. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com No one can tell you how much money you'll have or when you'll see your children, right? Wrong. It happens every day in divorce court. Don't let it happen to you. When dealing with separation, divorce, co-parenting, or care of an elderly relative, there is a better way. Mediation. Save time, save money, and save your children. To learn more, visit the Academy of Professional Family Mediators at apfmnet.org. That's apfmnet.org. Most adults are able to make good decisions about how their families can move forward. They do not need to rely on courts to make such decisions, especially in cases of divorce. Far too many people suffer unnecessary anguish because they do not know what family mediators can do. We help people discuss problems constructively in a private, confidential setting. We help them stop fighting and stay out of court. To learn more about mediation and other family matters, visit ColinFamilyMediationGroup.com. Colin has one L and no S. Are you struggling with emotional, financial, and legal stress related to divorce? The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia by Virginia Collin and Rebecca Martin teaches how to handle these processes in any state with special attention to Virginia's laws. This book can help you take care of yourself, get free legal advice, develop a good co-parenting plan, keep expenses down, and arrange a do-it-yourself divorce. The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia is available from Amazon for just $4.99. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Family Matters. To reach Dr. Virginia Collin or today's guest, Please call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radio show at ColinFamilyMediationGroup.com. Now, back to Family Matters. 
On Family Matters today, I'm talking with Ellen Kellner. I'm Virginia Collin. Ellen is the author of The Pro-Child Way, Parenting with an Ex. And her work about the pro-child way has been featured in print media and on other radio shows and in workshop sessions. In fact, in 2014, she was thrilled to be on the faculty of the Omega Institute's inaugural workshop on mindful divorce, which is pretty cool. Her website website is... Excuse me, www.anewdivorce.com. And now we're going to talk about applying this pro-child way of figuring out how you're going to create a really good experience for your child with some specific examples, starting with how you handle the possibility of arguments coming up when it's time for back-to-school preparations. The, the, the book itself actually was born out of a back-to-school situation. Um, it was a, an event which was, I understand, unique to where my children were going to school. I, I, I understand now that this is not... Um, very common throughout the United States, but our back-to-school night would happen before school started, um, where you had this almost a party-like atmosphere of taking your child through the school, meeting the different teachers, seeing where they're going to be sitting. Um, I understand I'm in a different school district now, and at this new school, the children don't go along on that type of night, where it's simply the parents going and getting information. But where where I was, the children went along. It was, like I said, this carnival sort of party atmosphere. And I remember that the one teacher looked at me and um, my child's father and said, wow, this is amazing that you two are both here. And I wish more parents did that, divorced parents did that. And I remember looking at the teacher just sort of with this look, this bewildered look on my face and said, are you kidding me? Like, why, why would I expect that you would do twice the amount of work just because of our situation? And we, we are here to support my child. Oh, you know, my, and she just looked at me. She said, you should write a book. <laughs> and so I did because it, it did not... It did not strike me at the time um, how these sort of everyday situations um, are so difficult to navigate when you're not focused on your child. Uh, so with, you know, back to school is coming up, um, and I know that my daughter is already thinking about the full gamut of anxieties that could come up. Everything from, does she have the right school supplies to what clothes is she going to wear? Who's going to be in her classroom? Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure as an adult, we've all had, I know I have had first day of school nightmares. You know, they, they last your whole life. That, that feeling of being completely unprepared for life. Right? Have you had that dream or that nightmare? Um, no, I've had different nightmares. <laughs> That, that unprepared. And so part of going back to that nurturing principles is what is it that I want my child to feel? I want her to know that she is secure and that I will take care of things for her. 
So while it might be a side issue of who's going to pay for the supplies, who's going to pay for the back-to-school outfit, what I need my child to understand and to fully know is that I will, I will make sure that she has everything that she needs for that first day of school. She doesn't need to know what goes into that. And so just that, that statement to your child of, I will make sure that you have everything that you need, gives your child that breathing space to sort of check that worry off her, off her head. She can still worry about other things, but she doesn't need to worry about, will I be prepared or not? I'm thinking that there may be parents listening who are going to hear that and think, well, you just let the parent, co- the other parent completely off the hook. Now he knows or she knows no need to buy anything because I'm going to provide it. There are some tough decisions that you need to make when you are raising your child and what is it that is most important to you. What became very, very clear to me is it is most important to me that my child knows that I will always take care of her. And I, I, I believe that that's, that sense where my child is never going to be fearful. And we have a phrase in our house, I don't know how it's going to happen, but we're going to figure it out because that's what we do. That is just what we say all the time. We're going to figure it out because that's what we do. And yes, sometimes my ex might cooperate in that vision, but it is not contingent on him cooperating on it. Mm-hmm. So did I leave, let him off the hook? I don't know. Was I ever going to get it in the first place? I don't know. Good what point. I do know is that my child knows that I will take care of her. Mm-hmm. And again, that is this conviction of you setting this pro-child way. It is mm-hmm. non-negotiable on what your ex's actions are or are not. But because of that, because I am able, I mentioned, was mentioned this with um, step four I was starting to get into, is that we have this amazing ability to predict the future with our ex. I told you he was going to be late. I told you he wasn't going to call. I told, I told you that he or she was not going to be paying. We can predict <laughs> what our ex is going to do with amazing accuracy. So that is to your benefit. If, if I know that it is highly unlikely that my ex will actually contribute to the supplies, I'm able to control things in a way where I can make that happen. What is it that I need to do? Do I need to you know, go to my local church to help out with my supplies? Or do I need to go to Neiman Marcus to buy supplies? You know, I make choices based on what it is that I am able to provide for my child with or without my ex's help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the examples you give in your book is in, in the section about money issues. Yeah. It's uh, being clear about what child support does and doesn't cover and being yeah. clear that when you've decided how much child support the other parent is going to contribute or how much child support you're going to contribute if your child is living primarily in another house, you know, when, you, when that's decided, that's decided. And then it's not fair, maybe, to go back and say, oh, well, 
there's this additional expense that I didn't anticipate. Can you chip in an extra $100 this month? Correct. Um, it is always using, <laughs> using that crystal ball and yeah. knowing what it is that you reasonably, reasonably can provide for your child. You don't tell your child that they're going to have you know, the bounce house at their birthday party. If that was not already previously discussed with your ex and you've agreed that, yes, your ex will chip in extra for that, if that discussion did not take place, then you had better be prepared to buy that bouncy house for your child on your own mm-hmm. or knowing what your parameters and your choices are in perceiving that future, you say to your child, you know, let's instead do something else. Mm-hmm. It's not yes. setting your child up for failure. It's always supporting your child, again, giving them this bubble of nurturing possibilities that allows yeah. them to expand and realize fully who they are. Right, and you really don't need the Moonbounce house to have a happy birthday party. You can have a very wonderful picnic in the park with some great games and just not need the money. Yes, I agree. Moon bounces can be a lot of fun, too, and so can the pony. But it is part But guiding your child through this process shows your child that you figure things out. And don't we all want our children to grow up being resourceful? Yes, I do. Not being... <laughs> Um, a victim of, well, I couldn't have that because. Mm-hmm. It's what is it that we can create knowing mm-hmm. what we know. Okay. We have time probably to go in depth on about one more example. What would you like to talk about? Oh, I was going to throw that back to you of what you would like oh, to, okay. to talk about. Ho- holidays. Holidays. Do holidays. <laughs> holidays. Oh, that's a, that's a hard one to, to quickly say. But, <laughs> um. So I'll do what I, I I'll throw out the, the the solution instead of walking you through a process. Okay. So one solution, and this is how I arrived at this for my child. I want my child to never compare holidays. I don't ever want her to look at me and say, "I don't want to go to Thanksgiving at Dad's house this year. Dad doesn't make your stuffing." which I could predict through that crystal ball that she would say, because I make really great stuffing. And so (laughs) I decided to head that off and say, you know what? Every Thanksgiving, I would like our child to spend it with you. I would like you to start developing some traditions with your family so that every year our child has that to look forward to. And so we came up with, instead of the every other schedule, it's the every schedule. So every Thanksgiving with dad, every Christmas with mom, every New Year's with dad, every 4th of July with dad, so that our child grew up in the same, looking forward to the same traditions that he and I looked forward to every year. Mm-hmm. And we also did that same with the visitation schedule. It was an every schedule, every Wednesday, every Friday overnight, you know, whatever that was, every first weekend, whatever um, you can put after the word every, that's what you can come up with. And it's, it gives your child that, that sense of security of, I know when I look at a calendar in seven years from now, and it's the third month of the year, I don't need to have already calculated out the every other of where that would fall. Instead, I can look at that calendar and say, oh, 
third weekend, I'll be at dad's. Mm-hmm. So again, that gets back to that nurturing principle of providing your child with a sense of security, mm-hmm. of knowing where it is that they will be. Um, yeah. So all of these solutions can look different, and that's the magic of that pause and that magic of that I- inspiration. But when they're grounded into those nurturing principles, you're able to actually start creating solutions that that supports your child, that makes your child smile, that makes your child thrive as they go through life and not only face perhaps their own um, situations, like if they would get divorced, but what about the soccer coach, you know, that might not be as stellar as you want them to be? It's teaching your child how to deal with people that maybe aren't so great. Okay. Ellen, I need to interrupt you because we're almost out of time and I want to remind people that they can find your thoughts about this and access to your book on anewdivorce.com and and also acknowledge that the every solution might not work for every family. Some people's job schedules just won't fit into that. So if that's not going to work for you, talk with your former partner, if you can't work it on, out on your own, meet with a mediator to help you with the conversation. Figure out what will work for you so that your child knows that he or she is well-loved by both parents and will be provided for and will know in advance where she's spending the weekend. That's right. It all comes back to grounding down into these nurturing solutions, creating solutions that work Okay. Thanks very much, Ellen Kellner. We have to sign off now. Thank you for joining us this week on Family Matters. Please tune in for another edition featuring host Dr. Virginia Collin next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be kind, heal, and grow. Grow.